Who will be the beasts of the East, Koki? Rawr. Okay, we'll keep that part. Koki, Koki, Koki. Yes, yes, yes. There'll be baseball this week. This week? This week? They won't count, but there will be baseball games played. And guess wow. what? This is the big part. This is the big part. A team will not play itself. A team will play a different team. Where can I watch it? Can I watch it on Periscope? <laughs> Maybe on um, Periscope. <laughs> yeah, anyway, spring trading, I guess summer summer camp games start. But, uh, summer, summer camp. Do we, summer camp what do we game. call this? So they were debating this in the baseball barbecue podcast. What, what, what should we call this? Uh, should we call this training camp? Summer camp. Every team has basically gone the summer you know, camp route. I yeah, like summer camp has become the popular uh, mantra, and yeah. I like summer camp. It kind of makes it kind of you know brings a certain spirit to the whole thing. I feel like the NBA bubble should be more called summer camp because it kind of is a summer camp for the time being. It's like you have your you have your daily practice, you have your workout, and then you could do like other like free play activities, or you can go golfing or like fishing or do whatever you want. What are can, can we call it bubble camp? Because okay, NBA is bubble camp, baseball summer camp. Yeah. But regardless, there will be games played. And then opening day on the 23rd with two games, and everybody else plays on the 24th. Uh, so we're here. It was a very, very long off season, <laughs> but we've made it, and which means we're running out of time to post our preview podcast. Uh, and so this time, we're going to find out who the beast of the East is, Koki. The Rawr. NL East, RAR. The NL East, the AL East, the Eastern Region. I've heard that they're calling them regions because, like, essentially, like, I mean, it's like the East and the Centrals and the West are all kind of stuck with their own region. So I guess it's the NL and I guess it's the Eastern Region. They are in the, they are in a region. That is a region. Mm. It's very Eastern. New yes. York is very much right next to Miami. Yes, it's the best region. But. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, it probably, it probably, okay. It's, it's the region with the most good teams, probably. Okay. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. It does. I mean, there's only like two and a half bad teams, right? Yeah. Essentially. So yeah. All right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I get, I mean, the Red Sox are half a bad team because their pitching is bad. The, or I, I, the Blue Jays are half a bad team. I know. That's why I'm saying maybe it's like three three bad teams. It's yeah. three bad teams, and the Red Sox and Blue Jays are half. Yeah. Uh, would you like to start on the American side or the National side? Let's go with the uh, start on the National League. All right, we'll start on the National League side. Uh, so last year, this uh, division did pretty well. The Braves won the division. The Nationals won the World Series. The Mets were over five hundred. The Phillies were close to disappointment, and the Marlins were the Marlins. Um, for this year, and uh, so as far as odds are concerned, it's a it's kind of you know, up for debate because with FanDuel, it has the Braves plus 200 to win the division. The Nationals right behind plus 240. Um, but Pakoda has the Nationals winning and the Mets second with the Braves third. Um, but we've also had some news in this division today. Yasiel Puig was, will join the Braves and Jacob deGrom left uh, an intra-squad game in the first inning with back tightness. So I think, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be a severe, if he's going to miss a start or not, but like, I think the Mets fans seeing DeGrom out back is probably not the most welcome sign in the world. Um, 
so I guess we could start from uh, let's start from the bottom up, uh, so we can uh, talk about the Marlins first because that's what everybody wants to hear. Um, I promised Marlin talk, Cookie, and we're going to give them Marlin talk. What are your biggest Marlin takes? You didn't promise anyone Marlin talk, <laughs> and we're not going to talk about the Marlins. Uh, I mean, and they're not going to make they, the playoffs. But they have Matt Joyce now. Okay, let's move on. Uh, I guess we'll go with the Phillies. So last year, uh, the Phillies were like the hot team to pick preseason to win this division because they just brought in Harper and they just brought in Segura and they just brought in Rio Muto and McCutcheon and David Robinson and they missed the playoffs. Um, and now this year, they bring in Joe Girardi to manage uh, and, you know, McCutcheon will be back from injury. D okay. I guess my first thing is, did the Phillies do enough to sort of get themselves back to where people thought they would be last year versus where they actually ended up last year? You know, earlier you mentioned the Mets, you mentioned the Braves, and you mentioned the Nationals, all those teams that can win the division. That's why I'm picking the Phillies. Are you picking the Phillies? No, it's a joke. I'm not picking the Phillies. But, um, uh, well, did the Phillies do enough to be a team that could win the division or can make the playoffs? Absolutely, yeah. And some things have to go right for them, but it's not impossible, right? I mean, Segura mm -hmm. is an excellent player. Harper is a major heat check guy, so I'll be interested to see him in a 60-game schedule. He could win the MVP or he could be hitting like 230. We, we don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Real Muto is probably the best catcher in the league. Second best catcher in the league. Somewhere, somewhere in there. Um, Hoskins is a stud. I mean, you kind of go down the line. I love the Gregorius edition at shortstop. Mm -hmm. um, that's a high, that's a really, that's a high ceiling, high floor sort of acquisition. And uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I like this. I, I like their lineup quite a bit. And the problem, the, I think the problem is, is uh, their back half of the rotation. But, that isn't won't be as much of an issue given the sixty game schedule. But I mean, this team's success is really going to come down to how well their bullpen pitches and how their pitching depth sort of shapes up. And we're going to—I mean, we've said this about a lot of teams, but I think it's certainly true with the Phillies. This is a team with, I think, an extremely high ceiling, but also a floor that is the fourth best team in a in a stacked division, um, because. You're right. That lineup is stacked, but it's also filled with guys who have gone cold for sure um, and are very capable of going cold, but they could also be red hot too. Um, if you get the best version of Hoskins and the best version of Harper and the best version of Gregorius and Andrew McCutcheon looks like he did last year before he got hurt, then, then you have a really deep lineup. Um, but if some guys struggle or some guys get hurt, then the, you know, the depth you're relying on some veterans that are coming in that I'm not entirely sure you feel confident in giving a lot of rain to. Uh, and then when you go to the pitching, that's when I think this totally kind of falls apart because there are so many guys who have been pretty good, but haven't been recently. Like Anthony Swarzak was like a marquee free agent a few years ago, and he hasn't been that. Blake Parker was pretty good for the Angels, and he was pretty bad last year. They have Drew Storen, Bud Norris. Francisco Liriano is still there. And Francisco Liriano, I had no idea. Yeah. And it's just, it's a lot of guys. There's a few guys I like. Um, like Adam Morgan, I think, uh, pretty solid. And Tommy, I mean, Tommy Hunter can be pretty good too. 
um, not having Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to hurt um, due to injury. So that kind of really designates Hector Norris as the closer. Yeah. I don't know. This entire bullpen is a ginormous question mark, and I'm not very optimistic. Um, and there's not really a ton of guys that they can just like bring up that have like, oh, this guy's going to, you know, if the bullpen struggles, this young guy can add a spark plug. Their big spark plug, as far as guys they could bring up, would be Spencer Howard to really help the back end of that rotation. Um, but if he's not good out the off the bat, and if Arietta doesn't like look a little bit younger um, than he had been, then the back end of the rotation could really struggle. But Alex, they have Blake Parker on an NRI contract. <laughs> Blake Parker was good for the Angels, and they inexplicably traded him away. And then I guess it kind of worked because he was really bad everywhere else. <laughs> so I don't know, but this bullpen is is weird. It's kind of like duct. It's like put together with duct tape um, with a bunch of veterans who, who could be good, but most recently haven't been. So you mean veterans like Ronald Torres, Logan Forsyth on the bench, Mikey Matuk. Yes. I mean, that, that's, that's what I was referring to when I met, like if, if some guys struggle or go down, there's not really a great like safety net. Um, And I don't know what they're, I wouldn't, I don't, I haven't heard much about them bringing up Alec Baum this year. I wouldn't think so. Maybe he gets a few at-bats towards the end. But um, other than that, I don't really know where they turn to if, if things go wrong. Um, so, yeah, Koki. I, oh. I, don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm just interested. I just wanted to say I'm interested to see what Adam Hazley kind of does this year as I guess he's going to be their everyday center fielder. Um, Either him or Roman or, Quinn. Yeah, him and yeah. him versus Roman Quinn will be interesting because both those are pretty speedy, talented players, and it'll be interesting to see who kind of wins out that job. Um, I mean, not I mean, like when you they don't have a ton of organizational depth. That's true, but they have a couple guys who I mean could be okay for game here or game there. Guy like Neil Walker and Josh Harrison, you know. Yeah, like, it's not the end of the world. But that's like, true. Again, like if there was like a real injury to Hoskins or like a real injury to Harper, then they're kind of screwed. You're right. Um, because they don't have a lot of reliable players like further down the lineup. They just have a lot of high ceiling guys, which makes them an interesting team in a 60 game season. Yeah. Really high potential, but a lot of holes. Uh, we've been doing the, the percentage wise of like, so I guess Koki, if you just had to, think about it what percent would you give them to be a, a postseason team this year let, let, let's start with the division what percent would you have them like winning the division and then what about making the postseason winning the division 20 percent um making the playoffs 25 so still not that optimistic about them no not really mostly because of the bullpen even though i do like cozy alvarez um maybe pavetta and like a long relief role and that's kind of it though i mean hector naris is a is an adventure so, I don't yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious about Alvarez too, though, because now with the three batter minimum rule, he's no longer the lefty specialist. He, you know, he still could be um, if you're facing a team that's lefty heavy, but you know, it, it's not going to be like that plug him into certain situations where he thrives anymore. So I'm curious how he'll deal with it. Is Tommy Hunter coming back from COVID? My guess is yes, but I don't really know. Because it says here that he has um, COVID. I gotta look that I gotta look into it. 
so many players have we as we've gone through this whole exercise and we just see like oh he has covid and he has yeah. covid and it's like a lot of names and it's probably more i know yeah i mean the testing has been very not great um that's a whole other podcast it's a whole other podcast to get into but it, it just that's the point we just don't really know too so it this whole weird this whole year is going to be weird um let's move on to the mets everyone's favorite punching bag um the mets have gotten steadily better over the last three years and last year they were pretty good uh and then now they're gonna have a new manager luis rojas um who got thrown into the fire after the whole carlos beltran cheating scandal with the astros so that was the first like big drama for the mets this offseason they added Dylan batances uh, and Jonas Cespedes has been actually playing, um, which is a good sign. And the, the thought is that he will be ready for opening day. Um, Jed Lowry, on the other hand, is completely MIA. And I have no idea what to tell you about that situation. I forgot they had Jed Lowry until I was recently reminded. Um, and uh, I, I guess he just got a plan for not having Jed Lowry because I don't know what happened to him. But it's, he's as I guess there's is there isn't an indication that he won't be available to play though, right? Like he's is he practicing with the team? I don't think so. Why not? There's something wrong. Still? Yeah, and I don't know what it is. Okay. They've been really hush apparently about this, um, hmm. and so yeah, I, I don't I don't really know. All right. So anyway. Uh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Anthony DeComo said he doesn't, Anthony DeComo said, Jed Lowry said he doesn't want to reveal the exact diagnosis of his injury because I don't want to create any distractions. That was on July 5th. That's such, that's such BS. <laughs> so I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's happening with Jed Lowry, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't count on it. That's, that is major, that is major bullshit. Um, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right now we have to put the e on the podcast. That's exactly why I said it. Just just so we could have that that, that magical e on the podcast. You fucked up, Koki. Unbelievable. Oh wow, wow, <laughs> wow! What a fucking what a big fucking mistake you just made. All right, let's move on. <laughs> um, so the Mets, they're pretty interesting. Um, because this is also a pretty fairly high. Uh, I would say it's a higher floor team than the Phillies for sure. Um, and ceiling wise may not be quite as high with the lineup, like with the star power the Phillies have, but who knows if Cespedes kind of finds a rhythm in that DH spot. Uh, and then you have like him, Alonzo, Michael Conforto, McNeil and Ramos doing their thing. That's pretty, pretty deep. And they still do have the best pitcher in baseball at the moment or at least the best pitcher in the National League, although he did leave with back tightness today. So I, I don't know what to tell you about the back tightness um, in Jacob deGrom. So Mets, is this finally the year? It, it, does it take a really weird year to get a really weird organization to, to a weird playoffs? <laughs> um, I mean, they can make the playoffs and make a run. I mean, they, I mean, they've done it under this ownership already, you know, like it's not impossible um but to answer your question uh, maybe right it's tough to i mean it's tough to say for sure uh 
I think P. Alonzo will to will regress some to some degree. I think sixty games will kind of help him a little bit, but I, I, I have trouble believing he's gonna be as, as amazing as he was last season, even in a shortened season. You don't think he's gonna be on pace for fifty bombs? No, but I do think Cano will be better. I, I was like last year was a major outlier in terms of his really his like whole career. But it was, I mean, it was also he wasn't getting older. He did get hurt though, so he that got hurt. I think it was because he got hurt, less because if he got old, less because of that he got old. Because, like, I mean, he gets hurt, right? He doesn't. He's not quite the same a little bit after the injury, and then he kind of lights it up for like a little less than a month there, right? And then mm. he gets hurt again. That's, That's true. Memory. So I, I, I think he still has it to a degree he might he, I'm, he's not the same player he was like five ten years ago but he's still a factor and I don't know I think McNeil's as as solid as solid of a major leaguer as humanly possible Conforto's a really good hitter Ramos is a really good hitter J.D. Davis did great things last year I don't expect him to do that again but again they have Cespedes um they might maybe have they, they might have Jed Lowry I don't know we kind of already discussed that yeah yeah, Tom. Uh, when I look at the starting nine, there's not a lot that I don't like, and if even if like Dominic Smith in, is coming off the bench, like that's impressive. So I, I like this lineup a lot. There's really not a lot of holes, a lot of solid bats here. So. Yeah, I agree, and I, I think that this is a team that does benefit from the shortened season because Cano dealt with injury last year. So did Nimmo, and Cespedes is trying to get back into his groove. Um, I think the DH spot helps a lot, where they can be a bit more flexible with everything. Yeah. Um, and the fact that it's shorter could put maybe less stress on a lot of these guys. Um, so that'll probably help. I, I don't know what we'll see from J.D. Davis, but if he, if he is as good as last year, then that's then that's scary. Defensively, they're a bit iffy. Um, Ramos is not the best defensive catcher, and yeah. – the the defensive outfields is not ideal. JD Davis is is kind of a positionless player, and the alternative is putting Dom Smith or Cespedes out there, which is also not great. I, they could you could use probably Marisnik as a as a late inning like defensive substitution, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think that's the point of Marisnik on the team. Why Marisnik yeah. on the team? And I don't think Cespedes can play in the outfield anymore. Just just TBH, given the, all the injuries, I, don't, I just don't see it, especially this year. Like I think maybe, he's taking – Like maybe next year or something, but I, I don't know why you would do that. Yeah, especially when you have the DH spot when you you just use it. In, exactly. Without, yeah. Um, can we talk about this rotation for a second? Because without Syndergaard, it's a little, it's a little weird now. Um, yes. DeGrom's great, and Stroman as a number two is, is pretty high-rise stuff, but – then it goes Porcello, Mats, and Waka. Uh, Mats is only good at home, and <laughs> he's kind of overrated anyway. Porcello is coming off like a career worst se- season, where he was just horrendous to the Red Sox. And then Waka, no one really knows how what what he does anymore. The wild card, yeah. exactly. So it's it's not great, but on paper their bullpen should be able to support that pretty well even though their bullpen was god awful last year but i i do think it will be better this season especially they, given the 60 game the whole 60 game thing so their bullpen is set up really nicely if things go right because edwin day edwin diaz was terrible last year inexplicably so and if he is like at least like most of edwin diaz again then boom they got their rock solid closer they get Dylan Betances, and he's had more chances to 
um, to heal and to rehab and to, and to get back to being potentially Dylan Batances. And if they have maybe not like 2018 Edwin Diaz, but a pretty solid Edwin Diaz and then a pretty solid Dylan Batances, boom, that's your eighth, ninth inning. Uh, you got that, a, a pretty good thing going there. And then you have guys like Seth Lugo and Robert Gasalman who both can give you multiple innings and really be an interesting bridge. So like if like Waka or Porcello get yanked in like the fourth inning, then maybe those guys can give you three and get you sort of to the late inning guys. Um, not to mention Justin Wilson was a breakout can't was a breakout last year. He was tremendous. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't, who knows what we'll get from Hayward's familia. It just, we'll see. Um, and then they have Brad Brock is an interesting one. Familia too, too much, which is the good thing. Yeah. Um, and I get, and I love Justin Wilson as a, as like a nice lefty who can just kind of throw, get it, come in there, throw some strikes. He's a, he's a rock. He's the sort of guy yeah. that you need. Like Lugo's the same way. Gasselman has kind of turned himself into a really reliable middle reliever. Um, Brad Brock hasn't reported to camp yet. I'm not quite sure why, but like if hmm. he's if he's on the team by the start of the season, that's kind of he's a he's got a really good track record as a solid reliever too. So I don't know. And then Hunter Strickland is an NRI. I forgot they had Hunter Strickland. You're right. <laughs> um another yeah, Brad Brock was good last year for the for the Mets he was good for the Mets last year um yeah I forgot about Strickland um we'll see I, major, I, I don't I don't know anything about like what they're going to do with Strickland but major wild card just yeah. major wild card um but major I, wild card. yeah but I, I don't think the the uh Syndergaard point can be stressed enough because with him in the rotation, they're one of the best rotations in baseball, probably. But with him out of the rotation, it gets a little dicey. It's just so, very top-heavy without him. You have that gradual decline. It's like you have your full ace in DeGrom, and then you have uh, an ace-caliber number two in Stroman, and then you have your heat flamethrower in Thor three, and then you have Mats, who, as a four, that's a good spot for him. That's a really yeah. nice spot for him. And then then you can kind of mix and match depending on who's pitching better with like Porcello or Waka. And then you can kind of figure it out, but without Syndergaard there that puts more pressure on Matt's then you have to start both Waka and Porcello back to back and it just gets a bit dicey. So I don't know. Should we do percentages? Yeah. I just wanted to mention uh Chasen Shreve is an NRI uh, guy they have. Watch out for Chasen Shreve. And Eduardo Nunez. And Gordon Beckham. Oh, my God. You know, if Jed Lowry can't go, Gordon Beckham's there. That's true. And they, as, and they have Max Moroff. As is Eduardo Nunez. As is Eduardo Nunez. <laughs> can't hit or field, which is kind of the, like, the, which is kind of his problem. You if know? you're a Red Sox fan and you're watching Red Sox-Mets, which will happen this year, uh, and, and as a Red Sox fan, you see – Mets starting lineup on like Instagram or something like that. And it's like on the mound, Rick Porcello batting eighth and playing third base, Eduardo Nunez. What, what are your thoughts? I'm celebrating. I'm like, we got ourselves <laughs> a nice big dub, you know, one step closer to maybe stealing a playoff spot. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's do percent. Um, to win the division. I think that, Every team in this division's kind of the Braves. I think are a bit an outlier, but then the other three, I would say, are kind of like around that, like like a, like a quarter, or I guess more like a fifth, because the Braves take like two fifths of that. So probably around like twenty percent to win the division for the Mets to make the playoffs. I think that they're 
have a really good shot at it. They're one of the more solid teams. The thing that can kill them is the fact that their schedule is a nightmare by the end of the season. Um, like when they're like in the thick of the playoff race, like towards those last few games, it's like, oh, congratulations. You have the Braves, the Rays, and the Yankees. Good luck. So it's tough. That's really difficult. So probably like a 40% chance. Like they have a pretty solid shot at it, 40%. I would think. Actually, now I'm going I'm to pull back. A 35% shot at it. Wow, I, that's still higher than I would have it too, though. But uh, for the division, I'm going 20%. Same with the Phillies. But for the playoffs, I'm going to go 30%. But I lean closer to 27% than I do to 32%, for example. Yeah. So. Um, and that's only because of the competitiveness and the and the schedule thing you just mentioned. So, yeah. You know, and the D backs are gonna like the D backs and the Brewers and the Cardinal, like all these. There's so many other teams, not just the teams that in their within their own division that they have to battle for that last those last two spots. Yeah, I didn't really take much into account like the like exactly every team has like a certain percentage to like add up to the 100. That's I'm just true. Kind of no, I'm just kind of throwing I'm it out there. Factoring that in when I'm making my percentage, I'm just factoring in like the other teams in yeah. terms of feasibility. Like, I don't think they have a much better chance than say the Reds. You know, I agree. I, I agree, especially have, with the schedule. They might have a slightly better chance than the Reds, but like, it's not that much, if yeah. if at all. You know, so yeah. All right, uh, that moves us to the World Series defending champion Washington Nationals uh, coming into this year looking. A, a, a tad different than last year. Not not totally, but uh, they did lose Anthony Rendon, which is pretty significant. And they've already said that Carter Keyboom is going to get the nod at third base to start the season. So you lose a perennial all-star and you bet you're, you're putting a rookie in there. Um, a very highly touted rookie, but still something to watch for. Uh, pitching wise, they should still be really good. The bullpen added Will Harris to it. Um, which is a really nice addition. And uh, they're not going to have Ryan Zimmerman, but instead they're going to have Eric Thames. So um, really the biggest difference is the Rendon thing. And so, yeah, Koki, losing Rendon, does this offense sort of underwhelm you when you look at the lineup at this point? Well, uh, once Soto and Robles report to camp, then it'll be interesting to see sort of where this lineup is especially toward the start of the season if they're not practicing right now um uh i like the castro ad i think he i think as like a number six or seven hitter in the order he he's he i mean he he does a really good job of just putting the bat on the ball and i know i sound like an 80 year old man when i say that but i mean if he's toward the bottom of your order your order is pretty good uh i love trey i think trey turner is an excellent player as a table setter of course and I mean Eaton's a solid player like again they won the World Series last year and there's a reason why and without Rendon that hurts but I love the Harris edition and their rotation should be should be as good as it was last year if not better uh, I'm gonna combat your uh Starlin Castro puts the bat on the ball he very well could when he's not on the Marlins but he very much did not when he was on the Marlins <laughs> I mean, he hit the ball pretty pretty well. He hit 22 home runs, um, but he also struck out 111 times compared yeah, to 20 he's walks. A, huh? He's a dude who just kind of. No, I like the addition too. I like the addition too. It's it. He's he. I mean, fine. He strikes out a lot, but like he, he's not a dude who's gonna like show up and hit 220 and just sort of suck. Yeah. You know, 
He's going to be around the 260, 270 range. He has a little pop, and he's fine. He's not great. Um, he's probably slightly below league average as a starting as like a as like a starting player in general, given the lack of his defense. But I mean, offensively, if he's like your sixth or seventh hitter, you're you're looking good. I think. Um, I didn't realize just how bad Starlin Castro's walking has been and throughout his entire career. Oh, he never walks. I, I mean, he's he's the, he's the anti-analytical man, though. He never walks. He's his never walked his whole career. His career batting average is two eighty, which is good. Yeah, uh, his career on base percentage is three twenty, which is terrible if your batting average is two eighty. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh no, well. I never said he walked. He got on baseball. <laughs> oh no, don't get me wrong. He, the guy never walks. But without Zimmerman, it does hurt them. I think. Yeah, because in that way you could sort of, well, first of all, that takes away some of the versatility you have with the DH spot, but also with Eric Thames at first base, the ability to sort of have against lefties Zimmerman against righties Thames, that's a pretty good punch. And then now you don't have that. Thames is basically your first base. I guess Thames and Kendrick are your first baseman, but then DH spot's kind of open in that sense. You could, I guess you could put like is Drupal Cabrera or, or Michael A. Taylor in there or something like that. Yeah. Um, but but it, just, it just takes away some of the offensive versatility. Did it's you, a weird did, lineup. Did you know Starlin Castro's 30 years old? Isn't that unbelievable? Starlin Castro will forever be 24, and you can never tell me otherwise. <laughs> he's 30 years old. That's unbelievable. I feel like I've been watching him forever, and he's only 30. I went to a game where he played for the Cubs in, like, 2012, and he was, like, the hot young thing. He's yeah, like, he's going to be, like, the savior of the Cubs, and then they won the World Series the year after they traded him. which um, <laughs> It's tough. There's but, not much to talk about with this rotation because we already know how good the first four guys are, especially with the Animal Sanchez rebirth. Um, and mm-hmm. the fifth spot doesn't matter so much because uh, it, that's basically just going to be a bull, more or less of a bullpen day with Eric Fetty or whoever throwing for three innings and then the bullpen taking over the rest, right? Yeah, that, that, that is the only question because there is legitimately zero five-star starter right now. There's just, there's no like obvious five starter. So you don't believe in Eric Fetty Wap? Eric Fetty could be fine as, I, I, you're right, as like that like bullpen game, give him, give him a couple and then just kind of work off of that. No, in the major um, league, he's been horrible, but like, yeah, well, I, I mean, we'll see. You know? I know. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not Eric Fetty, but someone else could like pop in there for, for three or something like that. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it's Romanus Elias. <laughs> I, I with Wander Suero, it gets the the opener bid. Do you, um, what do you think about opener Fernando Abad? Oh no. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's the thing with this bullpen. I don't know who's gonna be like the middle relief guys that are gonna be any good. Um, I, the back end is, I think, will be solid because Doolittle had a bit of a down year in the regular season last year, but I still trust Sean Doolittle. Will Harris is a stud. And Daniel Hudson kind of showed showed the cojones last year in the postseason. Um, and then you kind of have to hope that Austin Voth um, or Tanner Rainey will, will put up pretty good seasons. Austin Voth. Yeah, you got, I mean, he's one of their options, I suppose. They got to get my um, guy Wander Suero back. Suero's in there. They could throw Suero in there. They, they got to get him back. And healthy, man. They got Javi Guerra. 
know? Yeah. yeah, the back end of their bullpen is like a bunch of dudes you've never really even heard of. It's unbelievable, actually. Yeah, oh, that's going to be the one thing is the the, the first attempt. Because if, if Scherzer goes down, because he had some back problems at the end of last year. Have you ever heard of James Bork in your life? I haven't. James Bork. I don't think so. Ryan Harper? No. I've heard of Ryan Harper. I, I might have heard of Ryan Harper. What about Kyle Finnegan? That's a no. <laughs> uh, I didn't know there was a second Finnegan, to be perfectly honest. It's Yeah, it's spelled the same way, too. Um. Yeah, the back end of this bullpen is horrible, but, like, what back end of the bullpen is good? You know, like the middle relief guys, yeah. Exactly. So, it's not – I mean, it's a problem, but it also is – it's a, it's also everyone's problem. So, how much of a problem is it really? If and, they stay healthy, they have the right guys to to, to, yeah. to go fairly deep into games once they get a few games under the belt. Yeah, and then, they're, again, their rotation's amazing, and their, and their lineup will – probably be just good enough and it's gonna kind of come down to like carter keyboom right and so there's a lot on his shoulders and if victor robles could take a step up because if robles and keyboom yeah. are interesting then the nationals could look at some could look at their team with like not only hope for this year but going forward because this is a team that has a pretty depleted farm system um so they sort of need their young guys they have on the roster now to be good um and we already know that one soda and trey turner are good we're I think Victor Robles will be good, and I think Carter Keeboom will be good. But until they actually are, there's there's still that little doubt that, you know, if things don't go right, then this could be a team in sort of a weird flux in a couple of years and this year too. I mean, there are some questions about Keeboom's bat um, in terms of especially his power when it comes to how that will translate in the major league level since we haven't really seen, uh, like, good indications that it's going to be like a really good solid bat. Uh, we know the glove will more or less be there, but I, I think that's an interesting, interesting uh, facet. And I, I, I think they're, whether they may, if he, if he's really good, then I think they make the playoffs, but he, if he stinks, then it's kind of up in the air. You know? And they need another, they need somebody else to get hot in that lineup to be, to be dangerous because yeah, maybe Howie Kendrick will continue this, his postseason his postseason heroism and, uh, and and get to get a 60 game season in where he's dominant again <laughs> and michael a taylor be like a decent hitter again that's another thing I think. yeah that's a wrinkle yeah because he was so bad at offense last year he, he can defend but the offense was a no and then once he once, once eaton was healthy though taylor was a was a fourth outfielder they didn't really need it but like also yeah but you're right though if this lineup's not you know great off the bat then that could be an interesting twist but the real key is Emilio Bonifacio. I don't even hate that signing. <laughs> oh, wait, Emilio Bonifacio, not Jorge Bonifacio. No, they had Emilio, Emilio Bonifacio on the bench. Never mind. That's Never mind. All right. You, you can sort of talk me into Jorge Bonifacio maybe being an okay DH for a couple of, for, for a couple of weeks. Emilio, has, has, his time is, is sort of past. <laughs> Emilio Bonifacio. Very good Dominican Winter League player, but that's kind of it. All right, what percentages are you uh, posting for this one? I think they have a similar chance to win the division as the other two teams because I do think the Braves are a step ahead. Um, so I'll probably I'll, I'll give them like a slighter edge. I'll give them like twenty three percent or something like that. Um, and then to make the postseason, I think that mostly because of the pitching and it might take a while for certain bats and guys to find a rhythm. Pitching might be really important, especially right off the bat. Um, I think they could probably get off to a pretty solid start. 
So I'll give them a little bit better chance than the Mets to make the playoffs. So maybe like, I don't even know if my number makes sense. I give them a pretty, a pretty good shot of, of, of making the postseason um, if they can get off to a pretty good start. Um, for the division, I'm going 23% same as you. And for making the playoffs, we're going to go 35. All right. That makes, that's about, that's about right. Yeah. Last one, the Bravos, the Braves, who are strangely the third favorite in this division uh, by Pakoda, which is strange. Um, a team kind of with uncertainties, I suppose. Um, I don't know when Freeman's going to report, um, or if he will. And I think Will Smith has coronavirus as well. And uh, we already know the Marcakis isn't there. They just signed Puig. Um, but this team also has one of the deepest rosters, if not the, st- the deepest roster, uh, in this division. I would say overall, especially when you look at the pitching. So, uh, Koki. Yes. Assuming, I guess we have to assume this, that Freeman and Smith come back and are good to go eventually. Um, do you think it's, I don't want to say slam dunk, but how do you think they are heavy favorites to win this division? Heavy? No, because it's too competitive and there's too many teams and there's too many coronavirus factors and there's too few games. Um, I don't know if there's very, there's what, there's like, what, three teams in the league that would be heavy favorites to even make the playoffs, I'd say, just because of the whole virus aspect of this thing um, in the yeah. short season. So, yeah, I'm not going to call them heavy favorites, but I will call them, like, if I had to pick a favorite, it's still probably them, even with the Freddie Freeman and Will Smith factors, given the fact that it's been detected that they have it. So I, my guess is there's no indication that they won't come back, right? So, yeah, I guess not. Although Marquinhos did say he had a eye-opening conversation with Freeman and that sort of like led to his decision not to play. So I guess Freeman kind of got hit pretty hard. So Marquinhos is just not going to play. I, Freeman did get hit hard. I didn't see that. His wife, his wife posted on Instagram about it. Yeah. Uh, that he got pretty sick, even though he never gets sick, apparently. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Marcakis did bow out of the season. That is true. But, I mean, to bring in someone like Yonder Alonso in an NRI or have Duvall off the bench, and, like, they have these dudes who aren't great at all, but, like, they have a strength that can sort of, like, act as a Band-Aid in the meantime. Um, and they have plenty of Band-Aids. Have that, so. They have their Band-Aids. Yeah, they have plenty of Band-Aids. A lot of teams don't have those Band-Aids. So, like the Mets, for example. The Mets yeah. don't have a ton of Band-Aids. They have one Band-Aid. It's Dominic Smith. And once they use up that Band-Aid, it's on to Danny Hechevarria. Not Danny Hechevarria, but... Um, it's on to Guillaume. Yes, like Guillaume or something like someone like that. Um, so, yeah, this is, a, this is a pretty deep roster with um, the best under-25 player in the world. And uh, and a, and a lot of other solid pieces, especially in the lineup. And it'll be kind of interesting to see what Austin Riley does this year after, you know, not not a full season of play, but some at bats under his belt. Uh, my guess is he'll probably strike out less, um, which is kind of what they, which is exactly what they need. That's an interesting heat check guy to look forward to seeing. Interesting DH candidate too. Exactly. Um, and then I like their rotation quite a bit. And I think Fulton Avis will be much better next season. And that will be kind of the key for them. 
and I will they are they gonna have Cole Hamels back? Yeah, they'll have. I think they'll have Cole Hamels. So if they get him back, then that's a veteran. That's the veteran they kind of need in the rotation because um, it, because as it fills out though, their 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 rosters in a much better spot if Kyle Wright or Sean Newcomb are in the bullpen and throwing just three innings out of the pen and kind of you know or they can stack them. Yeah, yeah, like. They can go like Soroka, Freed, then Fulty, or, or Freed, then Hamels, then Fulty, and then you could start Newcomb for three, um, give it to Wright for four, and then you can go with uh, in, into the you know deeper part of the bullpen, um, and that could be an interesting like fifth day thing you could do, where you know you could have Newcomb come out of the pen in like a Freed start, and then you could also have him start for like three innings on like the fifth day starter kind of spot. Exactly. And, and I like their bullpen, even though it wasn't great last season, because they have a lot of dudes who you just kind of like, like Luke Jackson was really solid last season. Uh, Shane Green is a rock. Mark Melanson shouldn't be the closer, but he's there. You know, he's there. Darren O'Day. Darren O'Day. He's, he's, he's above the hill, but he's past the hill though. Right. Yeah. But I thought he was like, okay. Last year, was he not? Yeah, I guess. AJ like some other interesting guys like Bryce Wilson and AJ Minter who have good stuff, right? Or even like Chad Sabat. Like they have a lot of dudes. Chad Bryce Sabat- Wilson's really interesting. Bryce Wilson is interesting. I'm curious how much they'll use him off the bat, uh, yeah. being a younger guy, or if he'll go to the other camp. But he throws fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they have a lot of guy- interesting guys like that. And for like a seventh, like long reliever guy, they have Josh Tomlin. So like a seventh starter sort of long relief guy. They have Josh Tomlin. So it'll be kind of interesting. And they need Tuki Toussaint to, to overcome the coronavirus too. This team's been kind of hit by the virus. Yeah. It has been pretty hard. Yeah. Even if Tuki, yeah. If Tuki Toussaint's right and Bryce Wilson's good, then that just makes them even better. I mean, who knows if we'll see like a guy like Ian Anderson, maybe down the road. Um, I wouldn't bet on it, but who knows? And we didn't even mention Puig, really. They just signed him today. And yeah. uh, that's another guy. Another Band-Aid. Yeah, great Band-Aid. The best Band-Aid available on the market. So Yeah. And yeah. Uh, without, without Marcakis, that really helps fill a hole. Because um, now, you know, I'm curious what, what the starting lineup may look like. Um, because center fields, I don't, I don't know if you want Acuna in center. Um, because if you do that, then I guess you could put Puig in right and then Osuna in left and then start Riley at the DH. Or you could just put Enciarte back out there at center. You could have, you know, Acuna and Puig as the corner outfielders and put Osuna at the DH and put Riley at third base sometimes and Camargo at third base sometimes. And there's a lot of flexibility. They have a very good problem of having more than enough guys to put in that starting lineup. And, And that includes Duvall too. And if, you know, Freeman, you know, doesn't come back or comes back a little later, then, you know, they have guys to plug in there. They could put Duvall at first base. Exactly. Um, and have more than enough guys to fill the outfield. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if we see uh, Christian Pache at one point or something. Someone That's else. another thing. Like, a guy who's been compared to Andrew Jones. Like, wow. But, I don't know about that either, but he's got the glove for sure. We'll he see does have the glove. He's, he'll be he's a got good, good power. For sure. Um, he's that he's a top 10 prospect for a reason. I actually really like Christian Pache. But, yeah, no, I mean, if we see him down the road for any reason, it's just another thing. It's just another notch. And they, they can bring him up, like, 
after a month and he could just be like their fourth outfielder and get like decent at bats, maybe DH a couple times, like defensive replacement a few times, get some looks. And then who knows, maybe that'll help his development down the road too. We so, didn't really touch much on the rotation. Do you like it? Because I like this rotation. I'm high on most of these, pretty much all of these guys to some degree in some sort of role in a 60 game season. I mean, Soroka, I think is an ace already. He's a Cy Young candidate for sure. I think Freed is a good number two, number three guy. There's a lot of talent and just, mm-hmm. just your classic, uh, like fastball, breaking ball lefty. And then, then Fulte kind of got unlucky last season. And I, I, I don't think he's as good as he was in the Cy Young contending season, but I don't think he's half as bad as he was last year. He's somewhere probably in between, maybe a little better than in between, um, especially with his velocity and stuff. And then I like Nukem a lot, especially in, in a, like a three or four inning scenario, which might be how, which is a, how they're going to start the season at least, um, given the lack of innings these guys have to build up to. We've yeah. talked about that a lot already. So I, I like this team a lot, a lot. So even with, yeah. even though they've been hit pretty hard by the virus. Yeah. Because, thank you, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I know this Braves team, it's kind of hard to find many flaws um, when you go up and down it. There's just like a cu- maybe a couple of questions. Really, health is going to be the, the thing that derails them because there's, there's just been a lot of cases with them. So, you know, knock on wood that everything's good to go when we get to see the best version of this team because the best version of this team is a World Series contender. Yeah, with um, Chris Rosen getting the final strikeout in the World Series. I can't wait for that. Tyler Flowers catching it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris Rosen on the mound. It's 10 to 9 game, game seven, ninth inning. Bases loaded, two outs, 3 2 count. Rosen throws a heater at the bottom corner of the zone to get the strikeout. And the Braves win the World Series. Thanks. You joke now, but like, who would have seen Daniel Hudson get in the final out last year? It's true, but. <laughs> If I, well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, if Chris Rosen turns into Daniel Hudson, like, you can uh, – I, I don't know. I, I don't know what sort of bet we should do for that. But, like, it's it's just not going to happen, buddy. I, I, shout to Chris Rosen, though. I had to mention him because Ethan's not on the podcast today. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is a really interesting division, also just kind of looking forward. And this is probably a podcast for another day. But when you look at sort of who's next in line and what young stars each team has, it's really like the best team in this division has the best sort of, I would think, like tools going forward too. While like the Mets and the Nationals, if they don't win now, there's sort of major question marks, especially with the Mets. They have massive question marks that they don't win now. And same in the Phillies to a lesser extent, because they do have Alec Baum and Spencer Howard. But other than that, they also have massive question marks going forward but this year um it, it'll be fun uh what are your percentage that the braves win the division it's obviously the best but what do you have um winning the division i go 50 60 percent um wow that, that doesn't add up with the other i'm going 55 percent um that doesn't add up with the other teams koki i don't care we're not doing that. You, we already established that we're not. We're very doing. loose on the percentages here. We don't care about the percentages. Um, <laughs> I'm going 55%. I would have said like 60, 65% if it weren't for the Freddie Freeman, Will Smith yeah. coronavirus crap. Um, and then 
for making the playoffs. Um, 70. It would be higher if there's a right, if there's like a real season, it, it probably would be like closer to 80, but I, I, I have to go with 70 because of the 60 games. Yeah. Do we really know? They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're set up to be really good. I'm going to go a little lesser higher. than you. I'm a 65. I'm going to go 65 on playoffs, 55 on division. I go like 45 on division um, okay. because it's, it's a 60 game season and it's a okay. really good division. Um, and so, yeah, for the, for the playoffs, uh, this would be a disaster if they don't make it. So I'll go, I don't know about disaster, but it'd be a pretty big disappointment if they don't make it probably like, I'll go, I'll probably agree with you around like 60%. So that's the East. Oh, wait, that's the NL East. We have the American League East, too. And now we go to Orioles talk. We're not talking about the Orioles. (laughs) Uh, The Orioles, do you want to guess the Orioles' odds to win the division um, from FanDuel? 1,001. I meant, like, plus. Oh. Uh, Which is, I guess it's the same. Yeah, plus 1,000. How about that? Uh, you are very wrong. Oh God! Is it like plus five thousand then? Uh, plus fifteen thousand to win the division. Plus fifteen thousand. Yeah, they're like no. Also, I'm pretty sure on Pakoda, it's like, um, I'd have to find uh, the Pakoda standings again, but I-, I think I heard it. it's just like nothing. Like they have like a point something percent chance to like make the playoffs. It's it's like there's just. It's essentially zero. Um, so wow. if the if the Orioles make the playoffs, it'll be like a Leicester City thing. <laughs> like it won't. Like it doesn't happen. But uh, so let's let's move on from them. I guess we could. Do you want to go bottom up, or do you want to sm- switch it up and go top bottom? Do you want to close on the grand finale being the Blue Jays, or the Yankees? Uh, why why switch it up now? All right, let's do Blue Jays now. Okay. The Blue Jays, plus uh, 2,200, according to FanDuel. They're a very fun team. I didn't realize this. I read an athletic article about the Blue Jays. They used 21 different starting pitchers last year, which is remarkable. Ah. <laughs> they might. But everything's saved because now they have Hyunjin Ryu and Tanner Roark and Chase Anderson. So everything is saved now. And who knows if we'll see Nate Pearson. It'll be interesting to see if we, we see Nate Pearson. That could be a fun wrinkle in their season. Uh, they have one of the best, or I don't know about that, but they have one of the most intriguing young cores in a lineup this season uh, in the major leagues, I would say. I'm really excited to watch another 60 games of Bo Bichette and Vladdy G Jr. Uh, and Kevin Biggio. So uh, this, is a, this is a very fun like MLB TV team. But ultimately, uh, I don't see them as a as a division contender at all this year. And I guess if certain things go their way, it could they could maybe kind of slip into that like second wild card race. Like if the Red Sox rotation is really, really as disastrous as I think it will be, and even more so, then maybe the Blue Jays can kind of sneak into like you know being the third best team in this division this year. Save your takes on the Red Sox when we get to them. That's we'll get to them to talk about i know uh, we'll get to them but you know they have a couple starting pitchers that have you know decent experience in the lineup's a lot of fun so 
I guess what do you, who this takes. My guess is Nate Pearson pitches during the regular season, right? So that takes up a, another spot. So that means they don't have to start Ryan Berkey too much, which is good news. Um, Roark is it's whatever, right? I mean, it's not. He's like a you know four low four ZRA. You know, you know what you're gonna get. He's like a number three or four pitcher, right? Yeah. Or yeah, yeah. number four. Well, he'll have like a 425 ERA. Um, I, Ryu in a 60-game season could be like the Cy Young winner. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about against – I don't know about against the Yankees and the Rays and the Red he's Sox. He's not going to get hurt. You know, he's Hopefully. really good. Even though he doesn't throw very hard, he just gets dudes out for whatever reason. He's proven track record on that when he's on the field. Um, and then uh, the lineup is very fun. Right, for sure. Yeah, I forgot they had Joe Panic. That's the difference maker. Oh, uh, him and Derek Fisher and Bravik Valera. That's the those are the guys. Oh, those and are Caleb guys. and Caleb Joseph. And they uh, got right. Brandon Jury back out there. You know, that's a big piece. None of these guys will start. Uh, Travis Shaw. You know, interesting piece. He can't hit lefties. I know, which is why I don't. I don't. I don't know who the alternative. I guess Brandon Jury. Pops over at first base when, or I know Vladdy G Jr. is going to play first base. I forgot. That's right. They're transforming him. They're transforming uh, him into a full-time first baseman. So, uh, yeah. So I guess so. Vladdy G Jr. would be first base. Kevin Biggio second with Bo Bichette at third, or excuse me, Bo Bichette at short, and I guess Brandon Drury at third base. Or I or, or I guess you could put Travis Shaw over at third base too. If it, the fun thing about this lineup is you look at all these names and you're like, I'm not totally out on all of these on any of these people. I'm like, a, so, I mean, I'm totally in on that like three guy, three headed monster core, and then I'm in on Lourdes Gurriel, and I'm not totally out on Teoscar Hernandez or Randall Grichet. Teoscar's a solid hitter. I like him. He yeah, strikes out a ton, but he like when he gets the ball in the bat, it goes far. You know, and then like, they have Rowdy. He's fine. And then they have Rowdy. Grishek's the same, pretty much. And then we know from Grishek. Jaw against righties should be interesting if he stays healthy. Um, Jansen Drew has potential to be a good hitter. We just haven't seen it yet. And then Telez is a blast, right? Like, he's an awesome bet- bench bat. Really. He's going he's gonna to hit bombs. And he hits dingers. He'll, he'll, he'll hit dingers. He hit, like he a, hit a dinger in, uh, their, in their intra-squad game recently. He's yeah. like if Big Al from uh, the, the Little League World Series grew up and became Rowdy Telez. Like, that guy is a blast. Exactly. He can't do anything else but hit dingers. But that's all they need him to do. Well, pitching-wise, they need to get Chase Anderson back just so they can see what they have in him. Probably not. Probably nothing, but, like, they might as well try. It might um, be an okay four or five. And the rest of them. Both- Shoemaker. Sh- sh- I mean, we'll see what they have out of Shoemaker. Uh, it's really just. Their bullpen's horrible. Yeah. The the bullpen's tough. Sam Gaviglio. <laughs> I mean, they have a uh, hundred miles gals. They have Jacob Waggis back, one of the best names in baseball. Wilmer Font was good for the Rays, but the fact that he's no longer on the Rays scares me. Wilmer Font played for every like almost every team last year. You know that, right? <laughs> He was on the Dodgers at one point. Yeah, he was on the Rays. I think he was on the Athletics, too. Yeah, like, he played for every team last year. It was great. <laughs> um, wasn't he on the – I feel like – was he on the Mets, too? Was he on the, was he on the Mets? I think he might have been on the Mets. Yeah, you think you're right. 
Because oh he was also on the Rays, right? How many teams did he play for? <laughs> Am I thinking all of one season, or was this over? I'm pretty the sure this all happened. Well, this all happened in the maximum of two seasons. I know that for a fact. Okay, oh, I'm pulling up his uh, his baseball reference page real quick, okay. um, just, just to just to clarify. So Wilmer Font last season. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, so. Okay, he, in 2019, he was on the Rays. Hold on, wait, I got to figure this out. So <laughs> he was on the Rays for 10 games. There were Blue Jays for 23 and the Mets for 15. The year before that, he was on the Dodgers for six games, the A's for four games, and the Rays for nine games. So he's been on six teams. Well, I guess, no, he's been on five teams over the last two years. Oh, my God. This is a six-team in less than three years. <laughs> so, yeah, Wilmer Fott's kind of – he's made the rounds. I and, love him so much. And wherever he goes, it so varies on how good he is depending on where he was. He was pretty decent for the Blue Jays last year. And he was really good for the Rays a couple years ago. He was – terrible for i guess it was in a short again it was in a short span but he was pretty bad for the dodgers and for the athletics uh he was pretty bad on the mets last year and he wasn't very good on the rays last year so i don't know so i guess he has the covid because it says undisclosed here oh i didn't hear about wilmer font getting covid wilmer font has had such a busy last three years of his life i i, I don't know how he does it i don't know that either we need to ask him how he does it and uh, they have the invincible Sean Reed Foley, who they've tried to make her starter for the last five years and just never works. <laughs> Had to mention him. And AJ uh, Cole. Speaking of trying to make someone a starter and didn't work, <laughs> AJ Cole. Elvis Luciano is another guy that they have on Undisclosed. For, We're for spending that. way too much time on the, on the Blue Jays' bullpen. <laughs> you see, let, let, we sh- let's talk about it more with Jake Patrica. Patrica. I, I don't even know how to pronounce his freaking name i think it's petrica petrica but granted I've, I've i've only heard that name like a few times tj zoic <laughs> i need to get us out of here <laughs> trent thornton Their bullpen's horrible i think ken giles will be will be decent again though i, I think he might he's a, he's a definite trade guy though yeah they're a big trade guy they're, they're they're not very well set up for the for uh the covid season because like they need like depth with pitchers and they don't really have it so no yeah so maybe they'll trade like 100 miles jowls for 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 a feature starting pitcher and maybe they'll i don't know do something but anyway but they do have a lot of band-aids in the lineup with uh guys like ruben dejada let's let's move on i i give the the blue jays a, a solid like eight percent chance to win the division to win the division? No, um, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe like a four percent chance to win the division. I'm saying two. I'll go four, and then to make four, the playoffs, make whatever four. To make ten. the playoffs. To make the playoffs, ten. Yeah. Yeah. One one out of one out of every ten of these seasons, the Blue Jays just get hot. Ryu wins the Cy Young, and like Roark and Shoemaker are fine, and and I, they like sneak in. I know I gave uh, them the same odds as the Royals winning making the playoffs, but there's a big difference between the central and the, in the East. 
So. Yeah, the Royals don't have to play the Yankees, the Rays, the Phillies, the Mets, the Braves, the yeah, no. I am weirdly high on the Royals though, so all right, let's get to I'm it. A, I'm I'm decently high on the Royals. I, you know, they they got guys. But uh, let's move to the Red Sox cuz this is a this should be interesting. If you thought we spent a lot of time on the Blue Jays, uh, strap yourself in for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, very active offseason. The, uh, they made a, a little trade. They, uh, they got Jose Peraza, who's pretty good. Uh, big, big time addition. Kevin Pillar is the thing. They got Jonathan Aruiz from the Real Five. They got uh, Jonathan Lucroy in the mix. They signed yeah. Martin Perez. They had Jet Bandy, you know. Oh, yeah. They have, they have, they have you know, they've got yeah. Kevin Ploiecki. Mm. Uh, they traded Mookie Betts. <laughs> they <laughs> traded David Price. That's awesome. Um, they tell. And they got back Alex Verdugo, as well as some prospects. And Jeter Dan. Now they look like a very one-sided team that's going to lose nine to eight every single game. Hey. <laughs> yeah, you're you right. have any defense do you have any defense of not losing nine to eight every game i have one name for you zach godley <laughs> who they signed today i didn't see that congratulations zach godley today so they're gonna he's gonna be like their number two starter <laughs> <laughs> just ahead of martin perez and nathan evaldi's the ace at the moment and that's probably going to maintain as what's long this, as Eduardo. What's that Eduardo he has the coronavirus. Right. I, if McHugh comes back, that, that's – he's interesting, right? Because he's a pretty yeah. good so, McHugh's interesting. Yeah, and then the problem is they ha- they're kind of been – they've been hit pretty hard by the virus. They have four guys out on the virus right now. I didn't even yeah. know Bobby Dalbeck had the virus. I knew Josh Taylor yeah. of Darwinson did, but uh, – you, you get if Rodriguez comes back at a reasonable time and they're not like eight games under 500, then they have a chance to go like 500, maybe better. Because what if Tanner Huck comes up and is lights out? No, he's a reliever, though. That's true. We're a hundred, like everyone in the Red Sox organization knows that he's a reliever because his stuff is really good, but he can't throw like he's really just a two pitch pitcher. You can mm. you can kind of be lights out for an inning, but he can't go any more than like two. Um, but he, I mean, he's not a total. He's not a wasted first first round pick, but he's an interesting guy to look out for for down the road. You know, he's been pitching really well in uh, during spring training and during summer camp. Chris Mazza, people very high on him. Hmm. <laughs> the Red Sox have an interesting pen. That's the one thing. The rotation is. Total duct tape right now. It's like totally. It's not even. It's it's more like scotch tape. The Red Sox rotation is kind of scotch tape right now. If it's healthy, it's Rodriguez, Eovaldi is the one-two, which isn't good, but it, it's not like a total embarrassment. And then it's like, I guess if McHugh was like totally healthy and ready, which he isn't, he's just working. He's still working his way back. He would be the number three, and then it would go like Perez and I guess Zach Godley now. That's if everyone is healthy outside of Chris Sale. But or that's Ryan not Weber. Happen, though. Like that's being real. That's being like super duper optimistic. Yeah, it's more tape. likely to see Ryan Weber pitch start games this year, and Matt Hall and Chris Mazza. Yeah. Who are not major leaguers? So. 
Ryan Weber is a nice long reliever. He's nothing more than that, though. Uh, and Brian Johnson's just bad at baseball. No offense, Brian. Sorry. But you're bad. Um, their bullpen is interesting, as you mentioned, though. Uh, they got guys. They got guys. Workman was, had a career year last year. I don't think he's going to be good, as good as he was last season. But he, I mean, he throws pretty hard. He has an excellent breaking ball. Uh, Barnes got overworked last season. So I think with the extra rest, he could be pretty effective. I hate Henry. He can go, he can go like to the minor leagues. Uh, <laughs> very, very Boston, very Boston take right there. Uh, Get him out of here. I'm not, t- uh, Marcus Walden was surprisingly good last season. Um, Josh Osich, when he threw his slider more was good. Uh, Ryan Brazier, your guy. They have my guy, Ryan Brazier, but he was awful last season. So I don't, I don't have a ton of faith in him. But their bullpen is horrible. It's like – it's kind of – Middle of the pack. It's, it's pretty middle of the pack, but, like, you can kind of get away with it. Like, I mean, if they had price and sale healthy, then it would be, the like, the uh, weakness of the team. But they don't. And, you know, David Price is sitting at home with his dog and uh, playing for the Dodgers. Not really playing for the Dodgers. He's not going to play for the Dodgers. He's but. sitting at home with his dog. Um, and uh, and Chris Sale has Tommy John, got Tommy John surgery. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange bullpen, but it, it's not horrendous. It's, it, the problem is it's just like the rotation. It's horrible. Yeah. Offense, on the other hand, why I say they're going to lose eight to seven or whatever it is. Um, Pretty high potential on offense. Not perfect. Definitely got some holes, but pretty high potential, especially if, you know, maybe we see Dalvik at some point this year. And if he comes up sort of kind of chavis the way Chavis came up last year and Chavis can yeah. you know, hit breaking balls this year. And then you have that being the first base, second base combo, as opposed to like Mitch Moreland and Jose Peraza. And so you have like your two young guys on the right side and then on the left side, you have two studs in Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. That's really dangerous. And then Verdugo, I know, has had some health concerns uh, during the offseason. And, you know, I guess you're kind of waiting for Ben Benintendi to maybe make another level jump. Um, yeah. And you kind of know what you got out of Jackie Bradley Jr. But And then DH J.D. Martinez. So that's pretty deep if, if all goes well. If they stay healthy, that's a really good lineup. Yeah. It's, it's a top 10 lineup in the league. Um, ben Intendi, we've been waiting for him to take the next jump. That's probably the only other that, that doesn't have – this lineup doesn't have a huge ceiling, but he's probably – he would probably be the guy you'd pick who could uh, potentially take it to the next level if that was if that were possible. Yeah. Um, Marlon's okay. Uh, I mean, Martinez is arguably the best DH in the league. Bogarts had his had a career year last season. Devers is only going up and is already one of the five to 10 best third basemen in the league and a league filled with great third basemen. Uh, Chavis needs to stop swinging at fastballs at his head, but it, if he stops doing that, he'll, he'll be really, he could be really good. <laughs> uh, and, and Verdugo is a nice hitter, especially if he's your number seven hitter, which is excellent. If that, if that's going to be the case and Vasquez, was actually pretty good at offense last season, which is weird. Um, you, how do you feel about Mitch Moreland, or are you kind of hoping that Dalbeck is the guy that eventually takes the spot by, like, September? I, I, I hope Dalbeck becomes the guy who takes his spot by September, but, I mean, Mitch Moreland is really just a 
average major league baseball player and we i think we've all kind of accepted at this point he does get off the hot starts though which could be interesting in a 60 game format though so that's something to look out for actually if now i think of it he could be a, a kind of a weapon for them at the beginning of the season because he's awesome at the beginning of the year it's just like teams kind of figure him out toward the end um and then Jackie Bradley Jr., like you said, you know exactly what you're going to get. Jackie Bradley Jr. is Jackie Bradley Jr. You know what you're going to get. Yeah. And then Pilar. Gold glove defense. So. Gold glove defense. He'll hit 20 home runs. Well, not this season, but he'll, he'll hit. He'll, he'll get his home runs once in a while. You'll, you'll scream at the TV out of how inconsistent he is sometimes. But, you know, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. And then, then Pilar off the bench is pretty good, so. That's a nice fourth outfielder addition. That's that's a nice that's a nice pickup. Yeah, so the lineup they're going to hit. You know, it's just can they pitch even remotely well enough to contend for the playoffs? Is Pedroia going to play? No, no, no. Is he done? He should be. I mean, it's 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 a David Wright saga at this point. Yeah, it's just he's exactly still on the team, like but Wright. I mean, there's no difference. <laughs> yeah, and and they and they have some depth and like. The minor in the player pool, and if they need to like call up a guy, especially like Lucroy has looked really good in spring training and uh, summer camp apparently, so they like him a lot, actually as another catching option. Uh, they put Jeter Downs on the on into the player pool. I don't know, it's kind of I, fun. I don't think he'll, we'll see him at the major league. Team I don't think we're going to see him at the major league level either. But it, I don't know. I Marco Hernandez. Marco, he's still there. <laughs> Yeah, he's still there. Alrighty. So, as a as the uh, Boston resident or Cape Cod resident, Massachusetts resident. Yes, there you go. What do you think is their chance to make the postseason this year? Win the division. Ten. Make the playoffs. Fifteen. That's about right. Hey, that's yeah, that's kind of right. I, I, I'm, it's a sixty-game season, so I'm going to give him a fifteen percent chance of making the playoffs. Because if it was like a hundred sixty-game season, I'd say like five, <laughs> if that. You know, because just just given like you cannot survive the season with that with that kind of rotation. You know, plus it's going to have... expose them more with that sort of rotation. I mean, Evaldi's looked really good, which is part of the reason why I'm at fifteen, not like ten, but like there's a chance. Not a, like a pretty bad one, but not there's a, a chance for sure. Yeah. On one hand with the Red Sox, they're going to have to go up against a lot of good hitting this yeah. year because their division has got lineups other than the Orioles. But everybody else has got good, really pretty good lineups, at, le- at least exciting lineups. And then the NL East, those teams have exciting lineups. Yeah, the sure. Red Sox is pitching against those lineups. That's why I said it's eight to seven. And then, but on the other hand, you know, if you do get off to a really hot start, the National League, that second wild card race is really intriguing because there's a lot of good teams that could kind of fight for it. There's a chance there's just not as many in the American League this year. Um, the American League's been pretty top heavy over the last few years with like, you know, the Indians and the A's battling for that last second wild card spot. You know, if the Indians stink and they look sort of trade a couple guys away and, you know, there's, you know, kind of a, a door open and the Angels aren't as good or the Rangers aren't very good or 
White Sox struggle to pitch without Kopech and, you know, there's a little window where if the Red Sox start off hot, then they could sort of slow their way in. But I kind of agree. Win the division, I say probably 7%, maybe a little yeah. less. And then to make the playoffs, it's about I, – I, I think for the reason I just gave I'll, – I'll, I kind of bumped it up to like maybe 15. I was thinking less, but I'll give them 15. That seems right. Their lineup's really good. And they're it's really good. good enough. Like they have, like they're going to use, but for that fifth spot, they're going to use the opener. Like there's no question about it. Like they already said it out yeah. in the open. So they really need four guys and Godly can eat, help eat some innings and they kind of need that extra person with McHugh not quite ready yet. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. And Rodriguez has to come back though and like be healthy. That's kind of the key to all of this. Yeah, he, he comes back, he's healthy, and he just came off a career season. Then now you're looking at 15% being like, uh, like looking like a pretty good number. You know. All right, a lot of Red Sox talk. I, I, I warned you. I, I warned you there was going to be a lot of Red Sox talk. Yeah. Those very thousands of listeners at home. <laughs> um, so let's move on to uh to the champs, the 2020 World Series champions, the Tor- the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> let's do it. This is the perfect year for the race to win the World Series. It really? is you think so. perfect. It okay. is flawless. Okay. It's impossible that they won't. This is the this is their this is their time to shine. Okay, buddy. And yeah, I I do think that they're they're they might be my favorites. Um, really? Like, are you serious? Is that like a serious take? I think they might be my favorites. Wow. Because I think that this is sort of the perfect way to, for them to exaggerate everything they do usually on a daily basis uh, with expanded roster, with a shorter season, with more like versatility with who they're going to pitch it. I don't know. The Rays are going to be fascinating. The Rays had a fascinating off season. Um, so let's go over. They signed Yoshi Tsutsugo, who was uh, the Japan's uh, league leader in home runs over the last four years. They added Hunter Renfro and, Manny Margot uh, in a trade with San Diego. They added um, – uh, who else? That's right. They got Jose Martinez in a trade with St. Louis. Um, they lost Tommy Pham and Avisel Garcia, which, you know, are pretty big losses. But also, I also trust every single trade the Rays make because they they, they school people on trades pretty religiously. Um and so, yeah, they enter this season after back-to-back really stellar years. Last year, they they near they took Bastros to the brink in the ALDS. I mean, there was a decent shot we got Yankees Rays in the in the ALCS last year. Uh, this is one of my favorite rotations uh, in the bigs with Snell, Morton, Glasnow, and then I guess Chirinos, and then take your pick with the op- I don't know if they're going to totally do the opener thing again but they have more than enough depth uh, with their pitching staff to do it and have Ryan Yarbrough go for, or whoever it is they want. Colin Poche, maybe back into the bullpens off. And like Nick Anderson, like who saw that coming last year? Like, did, did you know who Nick Anderson was before last season? Yes, I did. Did you think he would be like one of the three best closers in the league last year? No, no, I didn't. No, I didn't see that coming. And 
then the lineup is I, I, not perfect, but it definitely has a lot of intrigue. I'm I'm kind of intrigued by Tetsugo. I don't know entirely what we're going to get out of him. Um, but I like Yandy Diaz a lot, and Austin Meadows is really good. And I think that they can sort of maneuver a lot of their guys around and really play mass, matchups pretty favorably. Um, so I'm excited for this team. What, what holes, if any, would, well, there are holes, there are holes. But what holes would you say kind of may be like sort of not a downfall, but a criticism of the Rays as you see it at the moment? Um, I don't love their lineup. It's just weaker. It's, on paper, it's just weaker than it was last season. And they don't have a lot of heat check guys, which is kind of what I'm looking for in a six season. And that kind of worries me because they could go, they could go the whole 60 games and just like not hit and miss the playoffs. It's like, it's, it's possible. And that, it's not likely, but it, it's very, it's very, very possible. Even though I mean, I, I have no holes with their bullpen. They have the, probably the best bullpen in the league, just in terms of pure depth and the way they're going to ma- miss and like match up guys. It's going to be beautiful to watch. And uh, so I don't really want to spend too much time on that, but when it comes to their lineup, it's just, they're, it's a lot of, a lot of Hunter Renfro and G-Man Choi and Nate Lau, you know, <laughs> like you're going to rely like, relying on those guys to sort of fill up the four five, six spots in your lineup to Tsugo, We have, who we have no idea how good he is. Adamus is really up and down. Zunino had a bad season last year. You know, even though I don't think he's as bad as he was last year. Um, Kiermaier, we know what he is. He's basically Jackie Bradley Jr., but probably a little worse. And then I like Meadows a lot, but he was even he was streaky last season. So I don't love their their lineup is a question mark for me, especially in a shortened season, which makes me a little uncomfortable because I think they're just susceptible to just catching a bad cold you know so and mm. even though i do i you know like the one two three is interesting um for sure and then it kind of just kind of falls off pretty precipitously after that um depending on who you have in what spot so but i mean you mentioned the lack of like heat check guys but also like meadows is a big time heat check guy and i think he, like really good like a really above average hitter on the team above really above average fielder on the team. Um, Diaz, we saw it in spurts for sure. He wasn't healthy, but even though I do think he's really, really good, but like say it's really just those two guys and that's about it. Brandon Lowe was really good when he was healthy last year. Brandon Lowe's a good hitter. Um, Yeah. And Hunter Renfro. I don't know. I don't want to say turned a corner, but he, he had a career year. He had, a, he had sort of a breakout season for him. And I feel like the Rays are – I, I kind of trust the organization that they saw something with him that makes them think that they could get the most out of him. Um, their defense could be really good, um, especially in the outfields, like late in games. If they just want to shut you down, then they'll just put uh, Manny Margot out there uh, with Kevin Kiermeyer and shut you down <laughs> essentially um, as well as Randy Arazarena uh, who they got also from St. Louis it, those three guys in the outfield you're like I don't know where the ball's gonna fall 
Um, I'm, I do have my concerns with the lineup. You're right. That, that is really the only like place where we can go, which is a pretty big place. But I don't know. I just feel like with Kevin Cash, I just kind of trust the organization a lot. And I feel like Kevin Cash is going to be able to figure out and I think they've had an entire offseason plus more time to sort of be in the lab and figure out who works best against who and where. And I don't really say that about a lot of teams. I mostly just kind of look at who they got. But this is sort of a team I kind of look beyond the surface at because even last year, if you looked at the lineup, yes, they had Avisel Garcia and Tommy Pham, but there are some massive holes in that lineup too, but they were able to sort of exploit it and shrink the holes. And so, I don't know, I just kind of trust this team could really sort of mess with you in a 60-game season especially. You could certainly be right, and I, I just think the 60-game season hurts them. The fact that they're – I mean, they're, they build their roster to withstand 160 games with a whole bunch of dudes, a whole bunch of but, Band-Aids, as we talked about earlier. But also, doesn't the like amount of Band-Aids really help in a season with so many uncertainties – like surrounding yeah, health. Yeah, it's true. But like, they have a lot of dudes who I, I could easily see just being bad for 60 games because that's what happened to them in spots last year. Maybe not for a whole, maybe not for 60 games, but for 30 games, like they just wouldn't hit, you know, for a week here, they wouldn't hit for two weeks here. They wouldn't hit. Like you saw that during the season for them with them, they were susceptible to just going on cold streaks just because they didn't have the talent necessary to, um, be sustainably good at like really good at offense for um uh months and months at a time they they would be on and off in spurts just because of just the lack of talent and lack of resources they have to sort of add on that talent so they try to find these guys these diamonds in the rough right and i mean not every diamond in the rough will turn out to be a diamond so and i i'm just worried that they with the with the tough division in the lack of games that it, that if like it, the wrong side, of the, if the, if the wrong side of the coin is flipped, um, flipped up, then it, it could, it, it could kind of expose the lack of um, offensive firepower they have. Mm-hmm. So. You know how I said the red, the Red Sox will lose every game like eight to seven. Yeah. The Rays are going to win like three to two because this is the team that may have the most, I guess, weapons in that arsenal that they could use. And again, I love their organization. It's nothing against the organization. I love the way they build the team. Their pitching is like immaculate. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, But it's just like teams like the Rays are just not built for, I made this, I made the same case with the Brewers. Remember like teams like the Brewers and the Rays aren't built for 60 games, like a sprint. They're built for a marathon. And that kind of makes me nervous when it comes to their, chances moving forward even though I still think that the number two team because of how bad the Red Sox rotation is and how bad the Blue Jays pitching overall pitching depth is so uh I don't know, I, I don't know. Pick the playoffs yeah for sure they would probably be my favorite pick but I, I just have put caution in the wind with this team I think um just given the lack of firepower they have offensively especially even though pitching wise they're pretty amazing um yeah, and I don't know, that's just my thing with it, is just like with the importance of pitching this year and just how flexible they can be. Um, that does help, yeah. And they can just like, they can like 
destroy you sort of like mentally by just like putting people in certain places and just kind of having the right pitcher guy face the right guys because um, well, they have all those guys and that's yeah. how it worked last year you're right that was a longer season but also and they weren't I don't remember if they were great at the start but um yeah I don't know I, I don't I don't know if this team is totally like at that much of a disadvantage be, simply because the season is shorter because I feel like they could really on a day-to-day basis really hit you with a lot of different like looks and a lot of different players that's fair. I, I really love that point. Um, and I, and I, I have no real counter for it, but I, I think the last point I want to make is just that I, I don't know how much does organizational strength matter in a 60 game season, you know, it's going to be a crapshoot. Who knows? Such a small sample size that like any like dumb organization can look good for 60 games and make the playoffs, you know, that's true. Uh, that's, that's a good case for the Mets, by the way. Um, so that's why the, the, stuff like organizational strength and depth and, you know, having as many guys to sort of miss and match as possible, even though you don't have the, the, like the star power, it doesn't work as well in 60 games just because there's not enough time for that to all those numbers to even out. So these they're playing teams like the Brewers and the Rays are playing a numbers game because they don't have the money to, to uh, do anything else. Really right. in a smart fashion, at least. So, yeah. That'd be my All right. case. What uh, what percent do you have them winning the division? Thirty. It's still pretty high. Which is, but that's also low considering. I think it would have been higher if like there was a lar- larger season, though. I really do. I think I would have put them at like forty. If it was like a longer season, you know, and, the, and more crap can happen, and I, I don't know. I just feel like the Yankees have such a, like a, a stronghold on this, given that it's only 60 games that uh, I'm going to go with 30, you know, these are kind of right. the other way around too. So, that, but I'm still pretty pessimistic in general. So I'm going to go 30 on the division and I don't want to go 40 on the playoffs. I think that's too high, but I, I also think 35 is too low. So somewhere in between there. Hmm. I think uh, I'll give them 50 for the playoffs. I think there's about a 50-50 shot they make the postseason. Uh, they're my favorite for the number one wild card spot. And uh, I don't even know if 50. I, I think they're more than likely to make the postseason. I'll give them 55 to make the playoffs. Huh. Um, I think they're more likely than not they'll, they'll, they'd get in. And division, I'll give them like 35 to 38. Nah. Maybe like maybe like thirty seven. I'll give them thirty seven percent chance okay. to win the division. So you're just higher, which is fine. I don't. I, I think I'm higher on the race. You're not higher on the division, though. You're not that much higher in the division. You're much higher in the playoff odds, but you're not that much higher in the division odds. It's because the Yankees are so damn good. Yeah, right. Let's let's just breeze through the Yankees here. The Yankees are so good. Yankees. Uh. This is a team that dominated and won over a hundred games last year with like their sluggers missing a huge chunk of the season um and now you know if the yankees are healthy all year which is a ginormous if i'm a, a, a humongous if but like if stanton and judge are in the lineup and you have and duhar is like the dh in the lineup for a lot of this year um and hicks has you know is going to eventually come back or is looking ready to come back now 
and not miss much time and Frazier. And these are all like, and like Hicks and Frazier could be like depth pieces because of how deep this team is. Uh, that lineup is, is disgusting. It's, it's really, it's nasty. We'll see if we get like a Giovanni or Shella like we did last year. And you know, I guess I, I don't imagine DJ LeMahieu is going to be like the fourth best player in the American league again, but he'll still be really solid because he's DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. Um, the only nitpick I would have, or you could have on this team is the starting rotations depth. Even, um, yeah, but even then that's a nitpick because there's like a lot of guys that they could have there potentially be okay. And the bullpen's good enough where you don't need them to go that deep. If Severino was healthy, like, I, I don't think the rotation would be almost be like a strength. I'd say mm. Tanaka is, yeah. a, is pretty good. Um, I hate half. I think he's a really bad pitcher. Um, Jeez. Jackson, <laughs> was, that was really bad. I'm sorry. Jay Happ is just bad at pitching. I, I'm no offense to the guy. And I, I'm more interested in Montgomery and I, and Paxton when he's on the field is, is as at least a number three. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. If Severino were healthy, they're not going to get him this year. So now they Cole as the super ace, Tanaka as an overqualified two or three, I guess. Paxton, if he can stay in the field, but 60 games should help him, right? And then four or five doesn't matter a ton because their bullpen's so good. Even though I've never heard of Michael King in my life, I know he'll be good. <laughs> I just know he'll be good. Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Jay Happ. <laughs> Last year wasn't great. He was but awful. Yeah. The year before that, he was pretty good. And he got traded to the Yankees and he wasn't that good. That's true. But <laughs> in twenty eighteen, he was no, actually he was actually really good on the Yankees. Sox in the divisional round. Remember that? Actually, actually, he was really good for the Yankees. Then he got lit up in the divisional round by when, and but it's not like he sucked for them all year. He had a 269 ERA in, I, I, in 11 I'm starts. I'm anti-J-Hap. I'm sorry. You're very anti. I don't know. A career uh, ERA through 13 years under four. That's a solid career. I'm not talking about career. I'm talking about right now. I think it was bad last year. He's you know, out on J-Hap. He's he was bad last year. <laughs> yeah, you know, but they don't need to rely on J-Hap anyway. Jordan Montgomery is uh, a nice player. He was really like good when he was healthy, and then he got hurt. It was kind of unfortunate for them. Uh, and, yeah, their bullpen's sick, even even, with, even though Chapman is the virus. Uh, right. So Chapman so in, good. and then Britain's the setup man, and you have Ottavino, Canely, Chad Green, Holder. They're all good. So Yeah, they're, 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 they're all good. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe we get, like, a little bit of Clark Schmidt. At some point this year, Clark and action. maybe we get a little bit of Davy Garcia action. Like it's possible we could see uh, those two top prospects. So, would you be stunned if Nick Tropiano comes in there and has like a one point five ERA in sixty games in the bullpen? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's the Yankees. Uh, you know, <laughs> if if you're gonna fail the, as a pitcher, then you're gonna do it on the Angels. If you're gonna be really good, you're on the Yankees. By the way, these bull, these ERAs, some of the numbers this year are going to be wild. Someone's going to hit 400, and someone's going to have like a like an ERA in the bullpen under one. I, sw- I, I swear to God. 400 over 60 games. That's really hard. It's, it's not impossible, though. It's not impossible. It's really hard. But 60 it's not games is not a ton. It's not a lot of games. No, I know. 
There has to be a, there has to be someone who's hit over 460 games in the last 20 years. Oh, definitely. definitely. Once, right? Definitely. So, like, would you be stunned if Garrett Cole just has like a like a 1.2 ERA this year? <laughs> would you be stunned? I wouldn't be stunned. I'd be like, oh, that makes sense. That's 12 starts, though. That's a lot of starts. Well, start, it's not a lot of starts. That's my point. I know, but for a 1-2 ERA, he would have to give up like 15 runs all season. That, again, I wouldn't be stunned. In Yankee Stadium is my only reserve with that one. Okay, fine. But, like... If, like, maybe, like, Walker Bueller, like, randomly did that, then I wouldn't be totally stunned. Well, um, Clay Buckholz in 2013... This is the test case for this. So, Clay Buckholz in 2013, um, he got hurt at the All-Star break, but he had, like, a 1.8 ERA. <laughs> and that's Clay Buckholz. And that's like more starts than they played more than they had more than sixty games too, by the All Star break. Yeah. You're telling me this is impossible. This is very possible. I I I, I could see it. You know, I could see it. Four hundred is going to be hard, especially with guys trying to find a rhythm. But it's possible. It's going to be someone you don't think of too. Like it's not going to be like Trout. It's not going to be like, um, I don't know, like Acuna. It's not going. It's going to be like. Cattell Marte hits like four, like four ten, and like breaks the record. You know, it's gonna be like a star player, but like on a team you wouldn't think of. Yeah, yeah. I wish we discussed this about uh, discuss more about this earlier. Let's uh, let's discuss this on like another like on a different show. Like, cause like I'm I, I want to go over like the records that are gonna get broken by this like short season. Like Cattell Marte with like the as much outfield space as Chase Field has, like. Could pop off and get like hit like upper like three ninety or something like that. Um, I wouldn't be stunned. That would be fun. I'll, I'll, look, I'll also have to look at like a region where the pitching's a little worse too. Like like so, like like in the central maybe like somebody in the central like Arias hits like four twenty. <laughs> like <laughs> Louis, like like Arias could hit like four twenty for the Twins. That would be that would be fun. I I kind of hope that happens. So now. <laughs> Or, so, yeah, yeah, the, so yeah, the Yankees are good. Um, we don't have a lot to add. Yeah, all right. The chance to win the division, I, I'm like you know, 65% chance I'm to win. I'm 70% chance. And 70. then, yeah. And then. And 60 game season, which is like. Yeah. I'll go, I'll go 70. It, but yeah. What about. I'll, I'll go that too. <laughs> 80? Their entire team needs to get hurt. I'm going 90. 90? I don't know what that is. Nine times. Games. Nine times out of ten, this team makes the playoffs. The only team – no, I can't do that. I am going 80, though. I'm going to go 80, which isn't a huge difference. But, like – Nine times out of – unless I'm, – I'm, like, if injury doesn't happen or, like, COVID runs rampant, I guess you have to put that in consideration. Yeah. So, I, I, fine, fine, fine. Nine is a lot. Like, like but they, but they had so many injuries last year. Bad. But know. they had so many injuries last year. But that was what they had 160 games to work that out. Like that was a little different, and that was but such a freak still, thing. That was kind of true. a freak thing. Like I don't totally. You don't want to rely on that. Um, all right, all right. I'll go down to 80. I'll go down. I'll go down where yeah. you are. I'll go eight. Four times out of five, this team makes the playoffs. Pretty, pretty simply. The one time they don't is like disaster strikes. And they do get the Mets a bunch of times. So is that? Yeah. I mean, you could talk me into 75 just because of the shortened season and everything and all, but, like, I, I'm sticking to 80 just because, like, they're so perfectly built for this. I don't know how else to tell you. 
they're like, yeah. they, they don't have a hole when it comes to like playing in this sort of season, 60 game season. So it, that, that overwhelming evidence has me at 80%, even though they've been kind of hit hard by the virus, they have three virus cases. So. Yeah. Uh, the Yankees are good. The Yankees and the Braves are both good. Are the, are the takeaways from this podcast. Um, and every other team is really interesting, but does have a, you, you can kind of pick apart a couple of things. Like the uh, Orioles. Like the Orioles. Very good team. But, you know, I'm not sh- – we'll see if John Means can, can be a Cy Young candidate this year. And if he is, they can really take off. Um, Will John he be a reliever with a sub-1 ERA this year? My guess is yes. I bet it. Yes. I think there will be multiple. With more than 20 appearances. More than 25 appearances. I don't know if there's going to be many relievers with more than 25 appearances anyway. With 25 appearances, 20 to 25 appearances. How about that? 20, I mean. Dude with a, a sub one ERA with somewhere between 20 and 25 appearances. My, my guess is yes. There you could talk to you like Diego Castilla. Castilla has like a, Castilla has like a, a 0.85 ERA or something like that. Like you could talk me to that. Yeah. Like Zach Britton could do it. It needs to be from a team that handles their bullpen really well. Yeah. A good bullpen pitcher. Yeah. Um, with really good stuff, like a high potential guy. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a Diego Castilla. Give me Diego Castilla. I'm going Jalen Beeks. Going off the off the reservoir. No, I'm kidding. It's a joke. Um, <laughs> but, hey, he's on the race. Give me Wilmer Fine. All right. Let's move. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That'll do it for the East. Keep it locked. I, I suppose we do. We should do like a like a like World Series picks and playoff picks and wildcard picks. We'll we'll do that on like a different podcast. Not today. We've already talked a lot. I'm tired of you. Um. So we'll uh we'll get to that at some point before uh, the regular season starts in about nine days. So exciting stuff for Koki Riley. My name is Alex Weiner. Thank you so much for listening in to the Road to Glory podcast on the uh, Road to Glory podcast network. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>